I think that you just have to say, you know what, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to push through the spirit and I, I'm going to see what happens. Taking that first step, it doesn't have to be huge. It doesn't have to be massive or profound, but just taking the first step each day to put your dreams into action and then it builds upon itself and you would be so surprised as to what happens when you just start putting yourself out there and and not letting the preconceived judgments or opinions of other people dictate your dreams you know take criticism and take advice but don't let fear completely control you and just go for it just get started and that's that's what i would say Welcome to The In Factor, conversations about how great entrepreneurs started, stumbled, and succeeded. I'm Rebecca White, and today's guest is Emily Bagan from Nashville, Tennessee. Emily graduated in 2021 from the University of Tampa, where she studied entrepreneurship and started an online marketplace focused on providing ecologically sustainable products. However, shortly before graduating, her passion led her to an even more successful art business. Today, we talk about how Emily Rose artwork was born, how it became practically an overnight success, and how she manages her social media operations and artwork while growing her business. Let's get this episode started. Emily, thank you for joining me today on The In Factor. Thank you so much for having me. So this is really exciting for me because as a former student and also actually a, a former student who worked with me, helping me produce the In Factor for a couple of years, um, it's just it's just really amazing to have you as one of our entrepreneurs on the In Factor. Yeah, it's really cool to be on the other side of it. <laughs> so you uh, you started as a, a student here at the University of Tampa, and you're now living in Nashville. And there's a whole lot, and you're you've got a really thriving um, art um, art uh, business. Um, and you know, I don't think it was what you expected when we first met. And so I think it's really. Um, I think it'd be fun to dig into listening, uh, learning a little bit more about how you got to where you are. So let's start with that. So um, tell 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 us a little bit about your background. Um, I know you you worked on a podcast with your dad, and that's one of the reasons that I hired you. But you had some other things that you did before you uh, before you came to the university, and then while you were at the university, you also were part of our accelerator program and got your degree in entrepreneurship. So tell us a little bit about your background. Yeah. So before I came to the University of Tampa, um, I mean, I, I was always a super creative person. My my parents raised me to express myself. My mom is super creative. So they always fostered that environment for me. Um, but I also played pretty competitive, high level ice hockey. So everything else that I was doing, I did guitar, I did violin, I did art, but all of that kind of got pushed aside because hockey kind of took over. Um, and so that was where the majority of my time went in high school and my childhood and everything like that leading up to the University of Tampa when I decided that I didn't want to play hockey at like a high level in college. Um, and I did work on a podcast with my dad during COVID. So that was a little bit into, I would say that was my junior year of college actually that that started. 
Um, and then when I came to the University of Tampa, I came in originally with a marine biology degree um, because I am really passionate about the environment and sustainability. And I wanted to choose something that I could, you know, try and help the world with. So I was like, oh, marine biology. And then when I looked at the degree guide with my freshman year advisor, um, I saw all the math and the science. <laughs> I was like, okay, maybe it's not like the whole swimming with dolphins thing. And there's actually a lot more that goes into this. And that's when I switched my major to entrepreneurship because I forget the name of the advisor, but she said something along the lines of, you can still make a meaningful difference and an impact through business, especially if it's entrepreneurship and you kind of can control your own fate with that. Um, so I was able to keep that wanting to do good thing, but just using it in a different way and using business as the vessel instead of science. And that's how I ended up in entrepreneurship at UT. And, and I remember I had you in a class, a creativity class. And at that time you were working on a a different business than the one that you're working on now. Could you talk a little bit about your first uh, business, your first foray into business? Mm -hmm. So I, like I said, I'm super passionate about environmentalism and sustainability. And um, I think a big part of the problem is that it's not very convenient to shop sustainably for a lot of people. It's kind of hard to find products, even if they are growing in numbers, it still takes time and research to really know what is actually sustainable and what was actually ethically created. So I thought, you know, maybe I can make shopping sustainably easier, more convenient, more accessible, and therefore be able to help push the sustainable movement. So I was going to create an online e-commerce platform that would have verifiably, sustainably, and ethically created products that would ultimately kind of be like Amazon with more transparency. Um, so that was what I was doing for about a year at UT in the accelerator program. And I'm sure you learned a lot so because that, that's a pretty challenging kind of business to build. So talk a little bit about some of the things you might have learned, um, you know, as you worked on that during your year or so here as a senior at the University of Tampa. I definitely learned that, you know, everything's an idea and it's really exciting. And then when you start looking into the logistics and everything that you have to do to put that idea into motion, it gets a lot more complicated. Um, so obviously there were things that I had no idea about. Obviously everything that has to do with IT, I know nothing about. <laughs> so I had to look at outsourcing and the prices of that and what that is, you know, in different countries and who's reputable, who's not. I had to learn how to speak to the founders and owners of other businesses to try and get them on board, to learn from them, learn from their processes. And I also had to learn, and I think this was the most helpful thing, how to pitch and not only sell a business, but sell you as the brand, because ultimately you are your brand. And um, I think that that was the most helpful because through the accelerator program and my entrepreneurship classes, like the ones you taught, I had to pitch in public speak and do all of that. And I think that um, really helped a lot. So have you found that the things that you worked on as a student have been helpful with what you're doing now? Definitely, 100%. Because though it is art that I'm doing, it's an art business. So I still have all of the things that go into a business that you would have. A lot of people look at art and they're like, oh, you know, that's kind of 
simplistic and it's really not because the product is something that you're creating and you have to try and sell something that's a little more unorthodox and, you know, a simple, like not saying it's simple, but a physical product where you're like, oh, here's a cup or something because it's, or it's very dependent on who's viewing and how they interpret it and all that. Um, but time management was a huge thing that helped with school. And then everything that I had to do in my final classes that I absolutely disliked strongly at the time <laughs> are very helpful now with margins and everything because I obviously have the printing costs, the shipping costs, the costs of photographing the art and um, uh, different countries are going to have different costs, different policies and all the supplies that go into not only creating it, but also shipping it safely. And all those things that you don't think about when you're just creating something and all of those different aspects from those classes definitely helped me think more um, logically about how I will need to put everything in place to get it to the customer. And it definitely helps a lot. Yeah. Finance, entrepreneurial finance and and accounting, uh, you know, it's, it's often not what uh, many of our entrepreneurial students, entrepreneurship students really want to study. They don't enjoy it, but it, it, it is the language of business and, um, and it's an important, there are a lot of important lessons there to learn Mm -hmm. that can make a big difference in whether you'll be able to succeed. So this business that you're doing now, it, it, uh, Emily, it's Emily Rose artwork and it's, um, it's, it's been a passion of yours for some time. And the fact that it turned into a business was a little bit of a surprise maybe for you when you first uh, started down this path. I know you were still actually a student when, when you got started on this. Yes. Yeah, so when I was doing this is when I was also doing Medita, which is the uh, business concept that I was talking about previously with the environmentalism and commerce. Um, and really it's crazy because I hadn't drawn or painted in years, honestly, and and nothing grand, nothing big. And um, there was this one song in particular, it's called Age of Machine by Greta Van Fleet. And I just felt really inspired by it. I got a really vivid kind of picture in my head when I listened to it. And I was like, gosh, I really want to draw this. I want to draw out this kind of movie that's unplaying in my head as I listen to this music. And I did. It was the fastest I've ever drawn something. And it was a painting and drawing. It took me about 40 hours. And I put it out. And at the time, I had quite literally like 23 followers on my Instagram, my art account. And I just wanted to share it because I felt passionate about it. And um, the band saw it, commented on it. And then I had a few people start being like, hey, can I buy this? And I was like, what? Someone wants something I created? And then (laughs) I was like, hey, let me do this again for a different song. And I did. And then it kept building. And then I was like, gosh, now I'm at this crossroads because I have this sustainable thing that I'm passionate about. But then there's also this creative kind of scarier path in a way that's unfolding on the side. But I really love it. Um, And that was the beginning of what I'm doing now. So talk a little bit. So you uh, you also kind of had the good fortune in a way of moving to Nashville because your family <laughs> moved there, right? And of course, mm-hmm. it's music capital and music city. And has that played a role being in Nashville at all? I mean, and inspiring you and helping you with this this uh, new business that you that you're you've launched? 
Yes, it's definitely helped me from an inspirational and business standpoint. From inspiration, obviously, I'm surrounded by a ton of creative people, whether it's people who are doing photography in the music industry or they're actually the musicians or they're doing artwork of any kind. Being around people like that obviously is inspiring and uplifting and makes you just want to create even more. And then, of course, a lot of bands and musicians and artists live here so the collaboration is a little bit easier when you're closer although now we live in the digital age and you can hop on zoom like we're doing now but it is nice to kind of have that face-to-face sort of connection with people that Nashville fosters so greatly I do love it here a lot yeah so so this tell us a little bit more about how this business has taken off so I I've looked at your website your it's fascinating very detailed kind of um sketching and painting mixed together, right? I mean, and you did, you were kind enough when you graduated to give me a beautiful, uh, beautiful piece of work uh, of your artwork uh, with a sailboat, which, you know, is a passion of mine. So um, tell us a little bit about your art specifically. So all of my art is rooted in music. Um, so ultimately when I listen to music, as when a lot of people listen to music, you kind of get an image or a movie unfolding in your mind when you're listening to it, both the lyrics and the sound play together to kind of create this cinematic thing in your mind. So when I listen to music, I'm a very vivid person. So I kind of get like a whole movie playing out and, um, I wanted to kind of try and capture it. So if you would think about kind of if you were to go into a vision and take a picture of something that's happening, that's what I'm doing. Just taking a picture, like a still image of whatever's on playing in this, this universe that the music conjures up. And then that still image is drawing. So every drawing is um, symbolic of a song. It's a physical representation of the imagery that that specific song is creating. So each piece is titled under the name of a song. And that's ultimately what I'm doing. And now I also do that in addition to working directly with bands on um, tour art and potentially album art, which is very exciting as well. That is really cool. Now, how has that all evolved? Have you been, um, do you have a big team of people helping you sell products or (laughs) are you personally connecting with the with the bands, are they reaching out to you? How, how's, how are you, uh, what's your business development model look like? So right now it's just me and it's all so far just been me. It actually has been a year officially on, I think it was September 6th, I believe. It was just a year that I've been doing this. Um, So it's still just me because it is kind of fresh. Um, A lot of it, I have to thank social media for because it's propelled me and it's been able to help me reach a wider group of people. And the people who have been supporting my art have been sharing it. And I only get to do it because of them at the end of the day. Like I wouldn't be able to do any of this and make it a living if people weren't resonating with the art and then sharing it. So I really have to attribute the majority of all of it to the people who have supported it and who have shared it and who have gotten it out into the world. Um, But it is, you know, I try and make connections with everyone because I truly am insanely grateful for anyone who has not only just bought, but even liked or shared any of my art. Um, And I think that making that connection with people at the end of the day, that's what art is. It's making that connection. Um, I think that that's ultimately been what's propelled me forward and allowed me to grow it into a business. And then, you know, consistency with posting and, 
and trying to be interesting as well. Yeah, it's as you know because you worked with me <laughs> for for a year. Or so uh, it it can take a lot of time to do social media, and mm-hmm. and I've I have found that to be quite a struggle at times to keep up with all of that. How much time do you spend, um, you know, out of your out of your week on on social media with promoting and marketing and connecting? Honestly, a, a big a big chunk, depending on. Most of it goes into TikTok videos and I, I have to, gosh, see, I thought I, I was the type of person. I'm like, I'm never getting that app. I'm never getting that app. It's a waste of time. Um, and then I realized that it's not just people dancing and you can use it as a great tool to connect with people, promote your art. Um, and that is what the majority of my time goes into because editing videos takes a really long time, even if it's just the 60 second clip. So depending on the week, it probably can be around. I don't know. I just know that one video can take me about two hours sometimes just to like make the sound match and the video clips line up. And also something I didn't think about while starting this whole art thing was that you have to stop and record to get snippets because I make progress videos so people can kind of follow along as the piece grows and progresses. So I have to stop drawing, like put my pencil down and then record and get those snippets. So that also goes into it as well. And then, yeah, it's probably upwards of 10 hours a week of just editing videos, but it is dependent on the week. Do you enjoy that also? There's a creative side to that as well, I think. I, I enjoy it when it's going well, <laughs> you know, technology glitches a lot. And sometimes like a video will delete when you almost have it perfect or something won't line up. And you're like, man, I could be actually drawing right now, but I'm, I'm trying to get a t- TikTok video to go. Um, but for the most part, I enjoy it. So what, what have you learned? You mentioned consistency and, and connection. So what are, so, so what would you say are the top two or three things you've learned about building a business and using social media as your primary way of communicating and connecting with your audience and your customers. Um, Yeah, I well, consistency would definitely be the first one because although it is very hard to try and understand this algorithm that everyone speaks of, it is very confusing to try and understand. But one thing that is definitely true is posting consistently helps you grow a base. And as your base grows, obviously the views will go up and those translate into sales, which is great. Um, I would say also authenticity. I feel like a lot of people try to sell something that's, and especially with art, I think it's very transparent if you're faking it, if you're not being authentic, if you're in it for the wrong reasons, because of course this is my business and I make money off of it, but I also love what I'm doing. And I love being able to connect with people who are enjoying the artwork and I want it to be as authentic as possible. And I think in the way that I speak in my videos and the way that I create my art and put it out into the world, it's authentic and it resonates with people. And I always thought I love artists, whether they're musicians or traditional or digital or whatever, who are themselves and it translates through their art. And you can really feel that almost soul that it, it, has through that. Those are the people I was connected with and I'm inspired by. And those, that's what I want to be like. So I'd say connection, authenticity, and then probably this kind of goes into the whole consistency, consistency thing, but discipline, I feel like is also important. Um, because when you're working for yourself, 
and you know you don't have someone breathing down your neck about getting things done you have to really be disciplined in your time and how you create and how you put it out and that also translates into social media as well by how well something is made so like you said oh how long do you spend on videos I could spend less time on it but I want to try and get it as perfect as I can because I want to do everything that I do the best that I possibly can and I think that also translates so yeah, I would say consistency, authenticity, and discipline. So right, that, that I think that's really, really helpful. So right now you're a solo entrepreneur. Is that your plan long-term or are you just kind of, um, you know, enjoying this and seeing where it takes you? I mean, do you have a plan for what this is going to look like, you know, a few years from now? Yeah, so I definitely want to do this for as long as I possibly can. If I can do this for the rest of my life, then I will be incredibly happy. And I will honestly do whatever it takes to make that happen. Um, and now that it's kind of something I found is, you know, obviously I, I love the art I'm putting out and it's all inspired by music. So when there's a fan base of a certain group or a certain musician, they're going to support that whether your art is fantastic or not, they'll be like, I really am resonating with this because I love this song. So I feel like there's no lack of music. Mm -hmm. If music runs out, the world will end anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So I feel like that is definitely helpful from a longevity standpoint because I'm never going to run out of material and people are never going to stop loving music. Um, So I have that, you know, where I create my own art. And then now that I'm starting to work directly with bands as well, I would like to start working more directly within the music design industry as well when it comes to merch, when it comes to posters, when it comes to album art. Um, So I kind of have those two different things working together. I have my own art with my own brand, and then I can pair it with working directly with bands and having that on the side as well. As you think about, uh, I mean, I could see this just really mushrooming, uh, you know, talking about all these different uh, avenues that you can take that do you, have you had thoughts about scaling and bringing on anybody else to help you and uh, where what, what are your thoughts there if I do it'll definitely be someone who helps with the shipping and the packaging because that's the thing that takes the most time and it's away it takes time away from the actual creation process and it it comes in bursts when I release a new piece, then like the sales go up and then, you know, they kind of are just stagnant for a while. So in that like post period of time with like, right when I, when I get it out, it can take me weeks to package everything. Um, because I try and like, I'm, I'm a little freak with it. Like I have to make sure everything's perfect because if it gets damaged, I would be so upset having someone help with that. And then even having someone help with editing videos, Mm -hmm. I think would be super helpful, but realistically, logically, that would probably be maybe a year out from now if things keep going on the the trajectory that they are right now. You know, and what's really amazing is there's so many ways to to use um, to use help that's you know contract labor. Um, there's so many different as we did you know early on when I was working with you, we used Fiverr and some of the other companies mm-hmm. like that. So there are a lot of ways to get temporary assistance, I think, and um, so. I, when you think about your your music, um, do, are there any genres that you're unwilling to take on or are you willing to work with most any genre? I am willing to work with any genre. I think music speaks regardless of genre. Um, I obviously have my favorites, 
Um, but I think if a song is great, a song is great. Um, I actually find it a little easier to create pieces when it's just music and there's no lyrics. Um, one of my drawings, the interpretation wasn't anything to do with the lyrics. It was to do with the guitar solo, um, which is why I am considering doing a series on classical music and a lot of classical musicians because I, I, uh, I think it's, it's a little, it's interesting because, you know, people might have a little bit more of a broader interpretation of something like that because the lyrics aren't saying this is what it is or painting that imagery. Um, but I think it'd be really exciting. So I don't think I would turn away from anything. Um, if it's good, it's good. So I, I just think it's fascinating. And I have never heard of anything quite like this. Obviously, there are a lot of artists that specialize in imagery. And, you know, I mean, we have the Dali Museum here in St. Petersburg and, you know, amazing imagery in all of his work. But it, do you have competition out there? Are there other people doing this exact um, kind of thing that you're doing? Uh, not that I haven't seen anything directly. Um, and if there is, I think our, our styles would be a little bit different. Um, some people paint and some people use pen. Um, I just, my brand, I love gold, black, and white. Those are my main colors that I like to work with. I am hugely inspired by the Renaissance time period. So I try to have that translate into my work as well. So I haven't seen anything, but if there is, that's fantastic. I think it's really cool. I love people connecting with music. I love people connecting with art. Um, but even if there is, I, I try and still have my own style. I love when you can look at a piece of art and go, that's so-and-so without even reading the name. And that's what I'm striving to create as I build. I'm still honing in on it, obviously. Um, but I kind of, I'm aiming to have that distinguished style even if there are other people taking the concept, not taking the concept, doing the same thing. Doing the yeah. same thing. Yeah. And I guess in many ways, it just opens up the door for even more of what you do. It doesn't take mm -hmm. away really from what you do. So no, it's so, a cool thing. It's a, wonderful yeah, it's a, it's a great thing. So do you have, you know, you're doing something fairly unique. Do you have any mentors or coaches or people that are helping you with this? It's just me, myself, and I. Um, <laughs> there are a lot of artists that I follow on Instagram who I'm super inspired by. Most of my inspirations have been dead for a very long time. <laughs> Obviously, you know, being able to look at their work. I have a book on my desk called The Great Masters. It's about like all the Renaissance artists who are my biggest inspiration. So I don't have any mentors, but um, I do have a lot of people that I look up to, um, whether they're existing now or they existed in the past. And I like to look at kind of what they did. Um, my biggest inspiration right now, who is a current artist, his name is Dan Hillier. He's fantastic. So I do draw a lot of inspiration from how he creates his artwork and how he puts it out and things of that nature. Though I do hope to connect with more artists as I grow and hopefully build like an actual relationship with them because it would be helpful from the business side to be able to speak to them about, you know, how they grew and, you know, help that they had as they went about that as well. You know, we've had a number of successful students that have been in in the art space uh, that have graduated from our program do you and and uh, it seems to me that that even though art is your is the focus of your business that um, most any artist could benefit from some of the things that you know the entrepreneurship uh, lessons that we learn uh, because almost every artist has to 
has to be an entrepreneur as well, don't you think? Oh, 100%. Because at the end of the day, like it, it is a brand um, and it is a business and you have to make money off of it if it's something that you would like to make your business. Obviously, yeah. you can be creative and not have to do any selling of your art. Um, but so much of what I learned genuinely has been incredibly helpful, especially when it comes to, you know, like I said, the financial side, when it comes to the structure, when it comes to thinking long-term and how to build off of that, when it comes to how you put your brand out in the world, how you communicate that brand, whether it's verbally or, you know, visually, um, aesthetically, all of those things working together and also the confidence that the, the program helped me build in myself and what I knew or what I grew into knowing I was capable of has helped greatly. And obviously I didn't go to art school. I am self-taught. I, I, I never <laughs> took any, you know, hardcore art classes. So having that business side is incredibly helpful. And I don't think I would have been able to do this or have the confidence to take it and run with it if I hadn't been in the entrepreneurship program. Yeah, I, I think that <clears throat> there's a lot to be said for combining, um, you know, art and entrepreneurship or science and entrepreneurship or mm-hmm. uh, many different fields. So what are, what's, uh, what is Emily Rose working on now? What kinds of things do you have um, in the short term coming up? So right now I'm working on a really big piece um, called Three Chords slash The Church of Rock and Roll. And it's compiled of hundreds of guitars. And each guitar is a historically significant guitar in the history of rock music. So I have, you know, uh, Eddie Van Halen and Jimi Hendrix. And I have so many different guitars in there, Strats and Fenders and Gibsons. And um, each guitar that's significant, I'm, I'm making a deal about and the process of so that one it's for a band called goodbye june they're a rock band and it's inspired by their song three chords so everyone should give them a listen because they're fantastic um and that's going to take me upwards of 400 hours probably and then i'm also working on a tour poster with greta van fleet that will be out um for their show in november which i'm super excited about and it's a limited edition poster that they'll be selling at the show and online So those are the two main big projects that I'm working on right now. And then I'm doing other things on the side for commissions for people. So do you, um, do you get, I know you get to meet some of the band members uh, online. Do you get to meet some of them in person? Do you ever get to go to concerts? Um, I haven't been to any shows yet, um, but you know, you never know. There's always tomorrow, right? (laughs) Yeah. You never know what the future holds. So, you know, I, I always, uh, as you know, kind of with the, with my podcast, I always um, try to find out what kinds of challenges, because you've, you've met with a lot of success over the last year. Uh, what kind of challenges have you had to deal with? And are there any lessons in there that, that you would share with our audience? I would say the biggest challenge that I have faced, honestly, has probably been self-doubt and getting in my own head, especially with comparison to people who are in, you know, more advanced or further along in their career than me. I feel like this isn't something that only artists experience. I think it's probably something everyone experiences when they're an entrepreneur and when they're starting. And I know, and it's something I've been aware of, obviously, when the would come in and talk to us and be like, look, when you go out and, and you're going to start your own business straight out of college, your friends who are getting, you know, corporate jobs or other jobs are going to have insurance and they're going to have vacation hours and they're going to have these much bigger paychecks 
um, right off the bat. Um, and you're just going to kind of be scraping for, you know, a while and you're going to have to be okay with that. So I would say that that's probably been the biggest challenge um, because, you know, obviously, and I'm so happy for everyone around me, but, you know, when you're sitting there and you're working on something and, you know, it's a much slower build, it's harder to not kind of get in your head and be like, God, you know, is this worth it? Is this actually going to, you know, take off? What am I doing? Am I good enough? I would say that's the biggest part, but then, you know, I just come back to the whole standpoint of, I truly think that if you work really hard and you're good enough at something and you have the passion behind it, you can, you can make it happen. And something that I try to live by is, you know, this is kind of morbid, but we all end up dead and you never know when that's going to be. And I don't want to have any regrets at all, especially with the way that I chose to live my life. And I'm in a lucky enough position where I have supportive family and friends who are like, yes, go for it, shoot for it. And we'll support you. Obviously I have to acknowledge that makes it a lot easier. Um, and I'm like, I think it'd be a disservice to myself and my dreams if I didn't give them a chance, you know? So I just come back to that and I'm like, I'm going to work for it. And it's not going to be easy, but nothing great and nothing grand is easy. So I always have to bring myself back to that. And I'm like, okay, you know, get out of your head. Other people have done it. You can do it too. Don't, no regrets. Just go for it. And I love that. I love that. I love that. And, you know, I think that, you know, I talk to people who have already reached very high levels of success and they still struggle with that. So I I don't think it ever goes away. Mm -hmm. I think it, you know, I think it is really tough when you first get started. Uh, but but thankfully, you you had some stories and inspiration from other people knowing that that could be the way you would feel. And so maybe that helped you a little bit through that. You know, this has been a delight, Emily. And I, um, you know, I always end and, and you've already given us some great advice. I always end with, you know, what's that one piece of advice that you would give our audience, um, knowing that a lot of them are kind of where you were a year or so ago, uh, trying to figure out, you know, a path for their entrepreneurial passion? I would say just start. I I think the scariest thing is getting started. It's so daunting. And I think that kind of leads into the whole fear is very strong and it's, 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 you know, a safety mechanism, but I feel like so many people are on the verge of something huge or great, um, right beyond that cusp of fear. Um, and I'm not saying be stupid and, you know, you have to be <laughs> logical and it has to be calculated, but I, I think that you just have to say, you know what, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to push through the spirit and I, I'm going to see what happens. Taking that first step. It doesn't have to be huge. It doesn't have to be massive or profound, but just taking the first step each day to put your dreams into action. And then it builds upon itself and you would be so surprised as to what happens when you just start putting yourself out there and, and not letting the preconceived judgments or opinions of other people dictate your dreams, you know, take criticism and take advice, but don't let fear completely control you and just go for it. Just get started. And that's, that's what I would say. Love it. Love it. Love it. Emily, this has been delightful. Emily Rose artwork. I'm just so excited to see what you've been doing. Where can our listeners connect with you and find out more about what you're doing? So I have my website, which is emilyroseartwork.com. I have the biggest presence on TikTok, which is just emily underscore rose art. And then my Instagram is emily underscore rose art as well. I post updates about my art on there every time I release something new. 
Well, we're excited to see what happens next, Emily. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to learn more about entrepreneurship, we would love it if you hit that subscribe button. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of InFactor.